Hyperno Goethe, German-Irish Conversations. Join me, St. Pauli fan and former Dusseldorfer Kieran Murray, in conversation with my guests as we explore the connecting moments of German and Irish life. We delve into the many aspects of arts, language and life across cultures. What do musicians, dancers, artists and writers pick up from both cultures? And how are they inspired and enriched by the other? Hyperno Goethe. German-Irish Conversations is for all listeners who like to go and think beyond borders. This podcast is supported by the Goethe Institute Dublin. Willkommen Falter Road and welcome to the introductory episode. Uh, during the series, I'll be chatting to a range of guests, Irish people with an interest in German culture and Germans with an interest in Irish culture and a broad mix of both. I'll be talking about how they work across the two cultures and maybe figuring out what inspires them. I'm joined today by Aya de Mirci, who is head librarian at the Goethe Institute in Dublin. Aya, um, you're very welcome. And I want, I want to start by asking you, how is it that you came to live in Dublin? Um, that's a very good question. I just decided to come here and live here because uh, I guess literature was the magnet for me. Yeah, the the idea that there is a writer's museum in Dublin and lots of um, cultural events around the book and and the, the literature kept alive was something that appealed. And did you have uh, a selection of favourite Irish writers then? Um, yeah, Oscar Wilde is the one that comes to my mind right away because of his wit. And I discovered more uh, writers of today as well here. So, yeah, Oscar uh, Wilde maybe. Yeah. <laughs> and do you think when you, when you came, did you try to go and see where Oscar Wilde was born or where he lived? Was, was that part of your journey? Yeah, I came across, of course, uh, the, across the stature which is quite impressive. And, uh, yeah, his his house, which is um, opposite the statue. Uh, but there's also, of course, more to the whole city linked to literature, like uh, Bloomsday, that you can live and and uh, where you experience the city and, and literature uh, in, in the same way. And I suppose, um, had you got a, a sense of what, Dublin or Ireland would be like and is it is it how you imagined it would be? No, I didn't have a real uh, a picture in mind so um, I discovered a lot of things and I, I actually found more than I expected perhaps um, for example Sweeney's in Lincoln Place where you go and just read Joyce's works, which I found great. It's, it's really a, a magical place. So uh, how, how did you choose what passage of, of Joyce's work to, to read then? Um, well, it, I didn't really choose. Uh, you go there, for example, and uh, you, you just happen to be part of the reading, uh, which uh, is, is done in a group. Okay. So they give you a piece to read that you haven't prepared? Exactly. Okay. <laughs> it's great. Is that is that a bit daunting? It is at the beginning when you think about it, but the experience uh, is something I can recommend, absolutely. And maybe to go a bit further back, I mean, was there a particular point that uh, started your interest in Irish things, Irish culture, uh, when you were at school? 
did you do any Irish books or was it were you, were you aware of Ireland at school? I was aware of the country because of my English lessons at school, of course. We, we learned about the Troubles, for example. But that was not something that uh, made me come here, to be honest. Um, that was much later when I decided. When, um, when the Troubles came up in your English lessons at school, how was it portrayed? Did you think it was a place that you wouldn't like to visit? I didn't really think much of the place, um, but uh, um, I think I got a, an idea of what it means to to be in trouble with uh, people that are near to you, so that you disagree with. And yeah, it was not really something I, w- I would like to experience, I suppose. Was there any sense that... Um because of your own uh, Turkish background, was there any sense that um, seeing Ireland as something of a, of an outside place, formerly under uh, British rule, that there was a kind of a cross similarity between growing up of Turkish parents in Germany? Well, not in a political sense, I suppose, but uh, of course, uh, being uh, Turkish of, of Turkish origin and growing up in Germany means that you have two cultures, two languages, which don't really have anything to do with each other. Um, so y- you you live kind of two lives in a way. And there are some bridges that are uh, broadened today, perhaps, but with not that much of, of a link uh, when I was younger. And were there many parts of that kind of... Um was there a sense that maybe uh, you might have looked more to Turkish literature and um, going to live in Istanbul than, than going to live in Dublin and follow Joyce? <laughs> uh, no, the idea of living in Istanbul was not really linked to literature, perhaps. That was more of, of the whole country and culture uh, where I wanted to find out if, if that was really something... Uh, I have as part of my identity. Uh, but uh, thinking of literature in, in those different cultures, uh, I come to think of it as some sort of home, perhaps. Because, um, yeah, I, I tend to think that I have either two or three homes or none. But literature is something that you can carry around with you and that gives you a sense of yeah, being connected to people and to actually also people from, from different uh, times. Is there much of um, Turkish culture that has seeped into modern German culture? Would people say merhaba? Yeah, yeah. That's the greeting, isn't it? Yeah, that's merhaba. Yeah. And uh, I have seen... Uh, that in in recent years, many young German uh, people would would pick up words like that because they learn them from their peers, yeah. and so they know much more uh, about uh, the the Turkish language now than they used to know. Yeah, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. and food, of course, they they know about uh, some Turkish food. What well, what would you what would your favorite Turkish food be? Mine. Oh, that's um, the the stuffed uh, wine leaves. 
Okay. I love them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is it too much of a cliche to assume that kebabs are Turkish? It, no, it's not a cliche. You you find them everywhere. Absolutely. But of course it's it's not the only Turkish food that you should know about. <laughs> How long have you lived in Dublin now? Uh it's been four years now. Okay. What would you say? What do you miss about Germany? Um Schwarzbrot. <laughs> The Ghan food. Yeah. Uh, no, I mean, I left Germany in 1999 and went to Istanbul. Uh, I went back to live in uh, Berlin for a year in between. But basically, the, the last uh, yeah two decades, uh, I, I didn't really live in, in Germany. So um, I visit Germany every year, of course. And yeah, I miss my friends there. I um, try to meet them as often as possible. You you haven't mentioned the weather. <laughs> it's a, such a, a common thing that people mention about living here. Uh, right. Well, I had lots of rain in Cologne, where I grew up, so I don't miss that when I'm here, of course. Uh, but I must say, in Ireland, uh, I found more sun than I expected. Okay. Yeah, I suppose people often think of uh, German winters maybe as the Alps or perhaps much further east, but probably on the Rhine, it's it's not as severe, the winters. No, it's not. Yeah. It's uh, humid. And uh, um, and Schwarzbrot is black bread for anyone who didn't get that <laughs> oh, sorry, reference. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did you find when you came here that the, the, the food choices were um, not as broad as they were before you came here? Uh, yes, to be honest... The the food choices I found here was, um, well, the range is not as broad as, let's say, even in Germany. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I like Irish stew. Okay. Yeah, I do. There, there you go. That's another cliche. Uh, <laughs> but I love it. I, I'm not even sure if I can make it. I'm not even sure if I have it very often, actually. Hmm. Do you know the way we're, you're talking about the kind of uh, a German or, or Turkish culture or something? Do you think that in some ways uh, a city is much more dominant uh, than a than a nation than a nation in terms of where you're from? Would you feel that you're more from Cologne uh, in in terms of that uh, Turkish German world? Was is was Cologne something that shaped you? Absolutely, yeah, yeah. I would I would say um, that. Yeah, I'm I'm from Cologne. I mean, of course, I say I'm from Germany when I meet people, but uh, the sense of belonging, perhaps, is is more the the Cologne connection. And it's it's probably not a city that Irish people visit very often. I mean, I, I imagine people go to Berlin and Munich and Hamburg, and but Cologne probably isn't that high on the list. Would you um, how, how would you recommend it if you were telling people to go? Oh, I would recommend it as a very lively city and multicultural. It's a former Roman city. Um, and those who know Cologne, the Irish people who I speak to, and there are a few, not as many as those who know Berlin, obviously, but uh, they always say, well, the cathedral is very impressive for example. And it's true, it's very dominant in the city. But you can um, discover lots of um, niche uh, cultural events in Cologne. And of course, the people in 
in the pubs there, Kneipe, they're very relaxed and they like chatting, as Irish people do. I'd probably have to add that as an ex-Dusseldorfer, uh, Cologne <laughs> probably makes day, an, a nice day trip from Dusseldorf if you're, if you're visiting the Rhineland. Of course, yes. <laughs> well, you, you don't expect me to comment on that now. <laughs> um, with the idea of a kind of a, um, of a podcast series on that kind of crossover in German-Irish culture, how, how did you come up with that idea? Or what, what, were, you, what were you thinking? Um, I guess the, the cross-cultural uh, conversation is just a natural part of me. So um, it's not really surprising. But um, of course, there was uh, the... Uh, the planning and organizing and really getting into the the um, yeah structuring of this project and at the Goethe Institute we work with lots of uh, artists musicians writers people who are making films dancers etc it's natural that there are these connections and my colleagues from the Uh, cultural program department uh, are uh, organizing lots of events. So I thought, well, that's a great place to begin a conversation and see uh, what people from Ireland and from Germany um, yeah, pick up from the other culture and how they integrate that into their art And so I'm very curious to to see what um, what all the artists talk about when when they talk about their art and and the two cultures are they mixed or? I think it's a really interesting uh, idea because in a way when you think of that uh, cross cultural Irish thing with other countries, uh, obviously you have places like uh, like Britain and like the United States and, and and those kind of colonial British colonial places. And then you have those historic places like, um, I suppose, France and Spain, where a lot of the Irish went historically. But I couldn't immediately think of anything. Uh, and then um, I came across the St. Killian. Right. Went to Würzburg, I think, to, to Christianize the Germans during the, the Dark Ages. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure if that was an advantage or not. Uh, <laughs> but, <laughs> well, it's the way it is. Uh, But I, I don't think he was followed by, by, by lots and lots of um, Irish people that they haven't necessarily um, gone to live there. But uh, seeing as you're from Cologne, isn't, isn't Heinrich Böll from Cologne? Exactly, yeah. And he was inspired by, yeah. by Ireland. And when he came here after the Second World War as a former soldier and, and wrote his uh, Irish journal, the Irish's Tagus book, Was that something that you read or you came across people who, that, who had read that? Of course, yeah. I, I read the book and uh, I was fascinated by his descriptions. He's a very good writer, obviously. Uh, but it's not only the style uh, and, and the way he used to, to convey all his experience. It's um, something that you can sense behind the, the words and... Ackle Island was, of course, something on my mind. And when I went there, I went there twice. I have to go there more often. But uh, that's something that you just have to experience. It, it's inspiring, Yeah, I would yeah. say, yeah. Um, I got to stay in the Heinrich Bill Cottage on, on Ackle Island, um, but only because uh, my wife is an artist and I went along as a guest. 
You are lucky. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, lots of uh, German people um, were inspired by Heinrich Böll's uh, yeah. journal, and uh, many of them visit Ackle Island as well as other parts of Ireland. And would you find then that kind of the far west of Ireland, um, as opposed to Dublin, was that kind of very different from the Rhineland? It is, yeah. It's uh, wild. <laughs> to use another cliche. Yeah. Uh, when you, um, I suppose when you came here, uh, were you aware of things like kind of Irish dancing and Irish music and and how, and how much of that have you experienced? I was aware of it, of course, because, you know, all the connection to music that Irish people have. And you have the traditional music, of course. Actually, I only learned recently from a friend in Cologne that uh, Irish traditional music is um, used in carnival songs. So when you're in Cologne and you, you hear... Uh, Carnival songs, uh, they they might sound familiar. Okay. <laughs> and the experience I had here was, yeah, in pubs and also on the streets, you come across music in a very natural way, and that's really enriching. And and have you learned an Irish song? No, that's on my bucket list. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I was kind of hoping you'd say yes so I could get you to sing it. No chance. <laughs> you wouldn't want that. <laughs> what about what about um, uh, Irish dancing? You haven't been tempted um, to, to try some dancing. I have. I have been tempted. Um, and I still have to go and learn it properly. A friend of mine just showed me one or two steps and it's great fun. So okay. I, I have to do that. Yeah. I could ask you to stand up in the studio and so you can show us your, show us your dancing, <laughs> but it's probably not use much use to the listener. Um, but of course, you are a dancer. Well, a hobby dancer, not a, hobby a professional dancer. one. Yeah, yeah. but, um, but uh, tango. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, that's kind of a jump from um, German-Turkish German, uh, culture with a deep interest in Irish literature and tango. How did you decide? How did that come happen? Uh, that was a natural thing, I guess. But it's interesting you say that because uh, in Turkey, lots of people are really um, drawn to Latin music. Okay. And there's also Turkish tango from the 50s and 60s. Um, so it's not that far, yeah, although yeah. it's far geor- uh, geographically, of course. Yeah. Do you think things like tango dancing, uh, is that a kind of international thing? So it doesn't really matter where you are, you can um, you can do that and you can meet people. Today, it definitely is. It, it pops up everywhere in the world. I guess for the last 10 or maybe 15 years, yeah. it's become very, very popular. And it's another kind of home, if you, if you like, uh, because as you say, you can go anywhere and find uh, a community of tango dancers and of course that's the language that everybody can speak without words so have you found that you have um, a broad uh, range of uh, friends from South America uh, by by living in Dublin Um, maybe you know via other people who went there so I, I find that yeah Latin America 
is more accessible now, although I have never been there. Yeah. I was in a shop uh, the other day and I, I went over to buy something and uh, the man behind the counter said, Bon dia. <laughs> and I said, well, do you think I'm Brazilian? And he said, oh no, he said, I just say it to everyone when they come in. Oh, that's nice. It's interesting, yeah, isn't yeah. it? To suddenly they say Bon that's, dia. That's how cultures work, yeah. inspire you. Yeah. yeah, that's great. When it comes to other, um, that kind of inspirational part and stuff, did you think hard about choosing who who the guest would be and who would be good to talk about kind of inspiration from Ireland and from uh, German culture? Um, yeah, I think it, well, the question, uh, is it hard? I don't know. But the artists who my colleagues from the cultural program department mentioned sounded all very interesting to me. So I haven't met them. Yeah. But I'm very curious okay. to hear what what they can uh, say about their experience of Germany, for example, and working with Germans and doing projects in Germany. Yeah, I'm, I'm very curious. I, I think in in many ways, um, Germany is still quite an exotic location for Irish people to go on holiday. Uh, did you find that um, Irish people know a lot about Germany or do they know much about German culture? Well, those I met, uh, some of them, I was surprised that they know a lot because they have friends from Germany. They probably have met them here in Ireland and visited them. So uh, there is an interesting kind of connection and the things they know might not necessarily be the the general things that uh, you would know about Germany if you study let's say German or history or whatever uh, so on, on a very human level they connected apparently Did they say that currywurst was the favourite German food? <laughs> of course <laughs> <laughs> Just um, um, bring me back to uh, being a librarian in the Goethe Institute is that is that a really amazing job that you get to choose? Um, you get to choose books. Is your job just about uh, um, sitting in the in the wonderful library and uh, looking out the window at Marion Square and reading all day? Uh, yeah, in my dreams. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is a great job, but yeah. uh, unfortunately not in the sense that you were describing it. Uh, I would love to do that. Um, but I still love my job because I can do everything around the book. I get to uh, talk to writers. I can organize book clubs. So actually, I have the opportunity to um, create a platform where you talk about books, where people who are interested in the other culture, let's say Germany or Ireland, um, just connect and, yeah, discuss what what they see and that can be very surprising and very interesting and are there many writers that you've come across who either are german writers who have come to live here and write or irish people who have spent a long time in germany and write um there are some not too many perhaps but um the interesting group around this whole work on, on literature are the translators, for example. There are Irish translators who spend time in Germany or who live there and um, other the other way around. Yeah, I suppose they often get forgotten. 
that it, that, yeah. it, that it takes so much and when you when you read a book in translation and you go I, I don't know I don't know why they're saying it's so good it didn't seem good to me but, <laughs> yeah but you just have that translation to go on yes and it's it's a great work when you think about it as you say um, they should be mentioned more often yeah yeah well, what are you reading at the moment um, nothing Irish I'm afraid um, Patty Smith oh the the um The Year of the Monkey. Yeah, yeah. And uh, But my next uh, book on, on the list uh, would be the one by Anne, Anne Wright. Um, the most recent one? No, um, uh, the, the Green Road. Yeah, some of them. Some of those family stories, yes, they're, yes. they're very dark things too. Yeah, so I'm, I'm waiting for more light to begin with that. Yeah. <laughs> Um, maybe to to come to uh, to bring it to an end slowly. Um, do you feel that after your time here and after your experience here that uh, you've become uh, a little bit Irish, or how do you feel that um, Ireland has impacted on you? Um, using some words and expressions uh, have become very natural with me. I just recently noticed. So uh, grand is something okay. that I, yeah. I tend to use more often, I must say. Yeah. So maybe I am a little bit more Irish now. <laughs> okay, um, so we'll leave it there. Thanks very much, Oya. Well, thank you for having me. It was me. great to talk to you. And on the next programme, the first official programme, as this is the introductory one, uh, we'll have Sharon Carty, the mezzo-soprano. But until then, um, vielen Dank, auf Wiedersehen. August Slan Liv Galer. Mm-hmm.